DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? Well, we're getting ready for a big weekend of college football, and your Aggies are going to San Diego State for a conference opener. The Utes are also headed to Southern California to play USC Friday night in their conference opener. And BYU's got Washington at home after a pair of overtime wins. You know, I'm kind of thinking I ought to pick all three road teams. And as soon as I say that out loud, I'm thinking, what am I thinking? So, (laughs) if I were picking all three road teams, you would tell me, well, you're wrong, DJ, because... Ooh, if I were to tell you that you were wrong, I would say... It would have to be because BYU runs out of some of this magic for a minute. I, if anything, they play super competitive, and then they get edged out at the end. But I, I, I'll tell you what, I, it's been really, really fun just to just to think about like the quarterback play right now in the state of Utah. I was looking through some of the statistics, and there's there's some really really cool things going on. I think. I think there's some improvement that can take place, but these quarterbacks right now, the way Tyler Huntley's playing, the way Zach Wilson's playing, and then of course we all knew Jordan Love was going to be good. They give you a chance on the road, no matter no matter where you're at. And uh, I, I I don't think it's that crazy to think that all three teams could win on the road. But you were making me pick negative. That's that's all. Utah State. The other thing is is at San Diego State. I just. I've played against Rocky Long and his defense when he was in New Mexico and he was with Bronco. They will hit the quarterback, and if if they're able to rattle him at all and they throw him off of his passing game, that could be a tough that could be a tough road game as well. And then, of course, University of Utah playing at USC and they're starting to play for Coach Helton's lives. You know, um, that was a big loss for them on Saturday, and if they lose two in a row, I think I think I think things are going to be scrambling down there. So you had it exactly right, as you often do. You said it was best with the new quarterback, first road game with the freshman of Slovis, to go ahead and drop eight and kind of confuse him. And obviously BYU did that and came up with two interceptions, and they got a tip pass for the third one to seal the game now. So I want to ask you about BYU's defensive approach with Eason, who he played two years ago at Georgia, played a little bit, uh, his second year, but then got beat out and redshirted last year, transferred, redshirted. So hadn't played a lot of football in the last two years. And Washington obviously would have the film on the way BYU defended Slovis of SC. How do you think that would be best for Tuiaki to approach this defensive assignment against Eason versus Washington? Yeah, so I think I think you mix it up a little bit more against Eason. And, and what you do is you just keep throwing – a lot of different looks and maybe maybe you run you know and I, I don't want to get all geeked out on the coverages but you run a three cloud then you run cover three then you run cover one then you run cover four and I think BYU's progressed enough that that's a little bit hard to do as a defensive coordinator early in the season but I think defensively they're feeling confident and I think you can throw more looks at a quarterback just to keep him off balance and then and then bring blitzes where you found their tendencies you know, to throw the ball and and really try and get after him a little bit. I I think this will be a little bit more of a mix. Um, <clears throat> I didn't 
I, didn't, I hadn't talked to, to Tuiaki or anything, but as soon as I saw it earlier, I was like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be a little bit tough for this quarterback because it just that last game when I was watching, I just remember the first time I went against a, a rush three drop eight. It was really really tough to like because you have all these rules from when you were young playing and and there's there's so many like fun rules that you learn when they drop seven or when they bring the blitz and you feel like you have a real command of that when you when you drop eight it just feels like there's so many guys defending that it's it's really tough and there was you know there was the pick it was interesting there was there was a lot of just like unsure throws that i thought they kept him off balance all game and i mean you got to give BYU credit not only were they playing you know rush 3 drop 8 but they were sacking the quarterback when they were doing that they were i mean BYU's defense really runs to the ball and i think i mean honestly i think BYU's back and I don't even care what happens this weekend. I think BYU's back. They they they'll play competitive this weekend. There'll be nothing to hang their head about after this weekend. And quite honestly, if they come out of this three and one, I mean, I never would have told you they'd be three and one with that schedule. And if they're two and two, that's still super impressive. And so I I really think BYU's back because and the, and the reason why is is I think we all know that Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. And there's tons of improvement that's going to happen after these tough first four games. You're going to see him really start to come into his own. Because I think he's played solid football. I don't think he's played lights-out football. And they're still winning football games. I mean, when he starts playing lights-out, I I think BYU is a scary team right now. So Washington has three running backs averaging 5.5 yards per carry or more. So if BYU's dropping eight regularly here, I assume Washington's running. Maybe not up the middle because Kyrus Tonga seems like just a big old handful. USC couldn't handle him. But are they running off tackle? They're running wide. Is this really about the BYU defense being able to handle the Washington run game, especially in the red zone where Washington struggled? That's where I think. That's where I think this is a little bit different team and a different approach. That's why I don't think you'll see as many three man rushes drop eight. Because they've they've got to stop the run, they've got to stop the run. But I also think I also think that if they mix up the coverages behind that, they can still cause a little bit of confusion for the quarterback. But they've got to make an effort to stop the run. Um, the freshman running back, I, I can't remember his name. I think he's number twenty-eight. I mean, he might be the best of all of them. And the, you know, they're rotating those guys in and running the ball really effectively, and that helps a quarterback, and especially quarterback that hasn't played in a couple of years to be able to, you know, use play action to protect him and to do some different things. So, you know, I, I I expect BYU to play good defense again. I expect BYU to be able to to move the ball offensively, and I expect it to be competitive. I, I mean, if you're a BYU fan, you've got to be excited about the direction that they're going this year. I am and I am. How about that? Well, we've always known that you bleed blue. We've always known that you're a big cougar. A lot of cougar fans don't believe that, but sure, let's go with it. <laughs> I am and I am. That's all I'm going to say on that. You <laughs> fans believe it, but cougar fans don't. It's a weird deal. Now, switching I don't to my set. You fans believe that he's a Ute fan. Right. Which is yeah. Interesting, right? Well, switching to my second favorite team, Utah. <laughs> What's up? No Aggie love? No Aggie love here. Well, I'm just, I proceed south and head north. It's, it's, it's a geographical thing. I'm coming from Arizona, so what do you want? 
Okay, okay. We'll uh, take what we can get. We'll take what we can get. Tyler Huntley has just been sensational. Nothing short of brilliant. Now, how much of that is his maturity, his ability, his connection with Ludwig versus lesser competition, and what do you expect we'll see now that the competition is going to increase? All, all of the above. I mean, he's older, he's wiser, he's seasoned. He's got Ludwig, and, and I'll tell you, um, in the first game, there were some question mark throws, but it was an extremely high percentage and extremely efficient for what he needed to do. He he is really coming into his own, and this is what I thought was going to happen with Andy Ludwig. I mean, he's something, I mean, his first down, like, completion percentage is, is ridiculous. It's like 85%. It's like he's throwing against air. I mean, there's high school quarterbacks that can't throw 85% against the air. And then you got, you know, um, he's he's just super efficient right now. Four touchdowns, no picks. His eyes are in the right place. I mean, this is the kind of mistake-free football that Kyle Whittingham loves, right? This is the, this is the kind of mistake-free football that Kyle Whittingham can win with. And this is what I thought Ludwig could bring to the team. I mean, just – you know, nonchalantly averaging 440 yards a game again, averaging a bunch of points, really high efficiency with the quarterback, and running the ball well. I mean, if this isn't if this isn't the dream scenario and the dream formula for what Kyle Whittingham likes to play, and really the way Ludwig has always coached quarterbacks, then I, I don't know what he is. Tyler Huntley is going to play well against high competition. He's not going backwards at this point. And, I mean, yeah, you can say, well, you know, you played against Idaho State, you played against Northern Illinois. and I mean, they're still college football teams. I mean, yeah, Idaho State might be the one that you throw out, but I still feel like Northern Illinois, I mean, you take all those stats to the bank. Those are, those are good football players. It's not a terrible team. And I think you're just going to see more and more of it. And the way they're running the football and the efficiency in which they're throwing it is – is off the charts now all three quarterbacks in the state you know they haven't thrown that much there's not a huge sample in the red zone but i think they all could improve just a little bit in the red zone but part of the reason why they're not throwing the ball as much in the red zone is because they've been effective in the run game and so i just see him getting that number up but man when you're when you're completing 85 percent on first down and you're in second and short and third and short most of the time it's 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 fun to play offense it's really fun to play offense. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So assuming that Tyler and the offense keep up this high level and SC's given up over 400 yards per game, so that doesn't seem like a big stretch, SC's chance to win the game is to get in a shootout and let those receivers make big plays. How much does Kyle copy what BYU did defensively, and how much does he just do his thing and not worry about the whole zone and drop an eight? Because they tend to rush four and they like to play man. How much do they get away from those and copy BYU's game plan? I think he'll be. I think he'll be a little bit more selective when he does the rush three, drop eight, just because he can get so much pressure with four guys. Um, I think I think you'll see a heavy dose of man to man. I think I think he'll stay very traditional, but I think that he'll th- he'll sprinkle that in because I think it was effective, and I think he'll be able to see on film very clearly. I mean, you have to remember, Tuiaki was at Utah State and at the University of Utah. I mean, there's there's a there's a huge influence of University of Utah's defense on 
um, both Utah State and BYU. I mean, when you look at those defenses, they're very, they're they're all very similar. Yes, BYU sprinkles in a little bit more zone, maybe just because of their personnel. But there's a lot of the stuff that you see Utah State and BYU run are are Kyle's influence, and so so yeah, you could say that. Um, They'll use BYU's game plan, but that would be like saying, well, yeah, I'm going to use my game plan. <laughs> so I just don't think he'll do as much rush three, drop eight, but I think he will in certain situations to confuse this young quarterback. And it's it's going to be tough. I mean, as good as Slovis is, I think Zach Wilson is a really good quarterback, and it's just tough to throw for a lot of yards against the University of Utah. They're, they're very, very good defensively, and they're so sound. And if you're not accurate, it's going to be it's going to be really really tough to get throwing and, and passing yards against the University of Utah. Now you brought up about and I think you're a little bit dramatic uh, playing for Clay Helton's life, maybe more like his job, obviously. But we get the point. How much do you buy in as a former player that that can be some form of motivation for these guys? Oh, I think it could be a motivation if you like the guy. But my 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 wonder and my guess is is that it's really hard. It's really hard for a coach to get everybody on the team to like him. I mean, it's just a no-win situation, and sometimes, sometimes. And so, my guess is that if he has fifty percent of the guys that are really, really battling for him, then it's not really going to matter. But if he has seventy-five percent of the guys, I think it, I think it matters. Um, but to, but to be honest, I, I just feel like the momentum there with that game last week. I mean, I think they got a little bit of an uptick. I think we were excited about Slovis and about the way that he can play. And I still think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback. But with that BYU loss, and then you get if you get a Utah loss here, all of a sudden, I I just think I just think it might be too much, and I think the momentum might go the wrong way for USC. So I I don't know that they're going to play well enough or motivated enough to beat the University of Utah. Just because I think I mean when when you watch that game against BYU and you watch the way that the University of Utah, they just have this way, they're, they're almost, I don't know how to compare it, but they're like a python. It's like it's like they lean on you and they're just kind of like, it's an MMA fight and all of a sudden you're just kind of like, you're kind of in this lull in the middle of the fight and then all of a sudden you realize you're suffocating and you can't breathe and they're just like stepping on your neck and the, and the, and the game's over. I mean, the BYU game, as as competitive as it was for a while, you could just feel Utah leaning on them and just really just kind of putting their weight on them to where they could, they couldn't do anything. And I and I feel like that's what's going to happen against USC too. I think I think you'll see a first and a second quarter that seems exciting and competitive, and then I just think you see the University of Utah lean on them and lean on them and lean on them, and pretty much that. They're going to be tapping out by the end of the third quarter. It's going to be like, I, I can't take this weight anymore. Because they're just a team that just comes at you in waves of depth, of size, and of speed. And it's and it's suffocating. It's really suffocating when I watch the University of Utah play right now. It seems like USC's best hope is uh, to let those receivers make big plays. And I think you've told us before, do you find it easier for a young quarterback to play against man and just see that somebody's open? Because the other thing I've heard is the defenses are more likely to come up with interceptions in zones because guys are faced up, looking at the quarterback. They see the ball the whole way. They don't have to turn their head and find it the last second. It's just easier. What do you think about those two thoughts and about how Kyle's going to use that to defend Slovis? 
Well, I think sometimes it's easier to throw against man-to-man unless they're all over them like a cheap suit, right? And BYU or Utah's defense right now has shown that they can rush forward and play man-to-man, and you're just so you've got pressure in your face, and you've got tight windows to throw in because because these defensive backs are lights out. I mean, I there's some things that they do in man-to-man that I just like every once in a while. Like I'm watching a University Utah game, and I'll have a flashback to like some scary situations where you're just like, man, there's nowhere to throw the ball right now, and I've got to make plays with my feet, and these D linemen are as fast as I am, right? And it's just, it's it's tough. Now, if you have a team that's playing man-to-man and they're bringing blitz all the time, and you can get the ball off quick in your short passing game, then I think, then I think it can be, you can feel confident as a quarterback, but these are the type. This is the type of team that can rush four and play man to man, and then they got roving Mike and Whitbacker because they don't have any responsibilities because you're you're trying to block all their guys. So not only do you have man to man, but you have two guys that are kind of just in the middle, like um, ruining your life when, when you're trying to make the read. And so it's it's it will be tough against the University of Utah in man to man. That's not true with every team, but but the good defensive teams when they can play really good man. And they and they could only run and they only have to rush four. It's it's really tough. And I, to be honest, that's the thing that I didn't know if the University of Utah could replicate in the Pac-12. And they have just shown that their formula works no matter what level they're on. And now that they're now that they have the recruits and the athletes that are Pac-12 level, it's it's even more scary than it was you know, in the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl days because they were still playing that same formula back then. They just didn't have to play it against great teams as much. And I was like, well, how are they going to do when they play against a UCLA or USC team that has an NFL wide receiver? And, I mean, they've shown that this formula is sound and that it works. So if the Aggies want to win the division, they can't blow this, can they? No. No, they've got to start. They've got to win on the road against good quality teams. This is a big game for Utah State. Um, you know, Jordan Love has got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy that can that can throw at a high efficiency and not throw interceptions. He he just like Tyler Huntley is throwing like a blistering like eighty three percent on first down. Um, when I was looking through it, Zach Wilson's throwing like fifty five percent. I mean, Zach's going to really help himself out if he can if he can throw on first down a little bit better. But switching back to Jordan Love, if he could just eliminate those interceptions, it's it's turning out that Wake Forest is a good team. They just beat North Carolina on the road, and the more Wake Forest wins, if that's their only loss, it's going to look good for them. And so he's just got to take care of the football. They got to continue to run it. Um, the struggle for Utah State is going to be that defensively. They're a little bit above average. They're not the typical defensive team that they've been. With the loss of some of those corners, um, um, I mean, Woody's an amazing talent, and he makes up for a lot of things on the inside. But even if you were to ask Gary, he would tell you this isn't the best defensive team that he's had. And so he's going to be coaching his butt off, you know, making sure that defensively they can slow teams down. But I think you're going to see a lot of high-scoring games with Utah State this year. And the, the thing that Jordan Love has got to do is he's got to protect the football, and they've they've almost got to win it almost like a, an arena league football game, right? If they get two stops, he can't give the other team two extra possessions. Um, they've got to make sure they score on those two possessions and, and win the football game. 
Yeah, but Rocky Long doesn't want to throw the ball, so what does it matter about the corners? I mean, everybody wants to make somebody one-dimensional, and Rocky Long makes his team one-dimensional for you. <laughs> well, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky does want to run the football. It was funny because I was watching the Weber State game a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about how they were going to spread it out, how they're going to throw it around more and all that stuff. And then, you know, I, I tell people all the time, coaches go back to their default settings when they start feeling the pressure, right? And they went right back to just trying to run the ball, and they hunkered down, and they just protected a win at Weber State. They played, you know, some tough defense and some really, really average offense and won that game. But then they go and beat UCLA. And so it's it's an interesting matchup. I Rocky Long's teams, you know, they 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 play kind of this amoeba defense, and they they play this this front that's really really hard to see, and they kind of reduce you in your own running game to having to run a zone scheme because you never know where guys are going to be, so you have to run a zone running game scheme. It takes away some of your counter stuff, your power stuff, some of the te- some of the things that teams like to run, and so. It can make you one-dimensional in your run game the way they play defense, but we'll see. I, I, I was not impressed with Rocky's offense against Weber, that's for sure. So if Utah State can can play good enough defense this weekend and then score points like they've been able to, they're going to be all right. PK's uh, Mrs. Mrs. PK went to a um, uh, I don't know speech meeting something and and learned from a a trained clinical psychologist that seventy percent of everybody's thoughts are negative. You're into this. You're in. You're the mental strength coach and all that. You work at Weber State. You work with local high schools all over. Are you buying that? Are seventy percent of all of our thoughts negative? No. The last the last six to eight studies it's seventy seven percent, and that's if you come from a a two parent home without sexual physical abuse and with just the normal like emotional abuse is 77 percent now that number is a little bit misleading in the sense that um some of it is is what they call negative or counterproductive and counterproductive thoughts are more like excuses so like you know you're going along you're trying to get a job and you don't get a job and the kid in the neighborhood gets the job because his dad's connected and so you have that thought to yourself well my dad's just not as connected as his dad that's why i didn't get the job so some of that number skewed a little bit because it includes like excuses, but all of those thoughts are, are negative and counterproductive to your, to your ability to get better. And so, yeah, it's even higher than what she says. And I'll tell you what's scary about that statistic is they think that we have any, in fact, they know that we have anywhere between 66 and 80,000 thoughts a day. So if we take that low number at 66,000 and we take 77%, it's 50,000 thoughts a day we're barraging ourselves with negative self-talk. Uh, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of cool tools to help you, though. Just, to, just by the way you stand can help you to talk to yourself better. And the way, and the way that you hold yourself actually helps you to, um, to improve some of that negative self-talk. So, yeah, before we know it, snow's coming. Some of your negative self-talk protects you, though. Like, when you're thinking to yourself, I probably shouldn't go 100 miles an hour in the middle of this snowstorm, like, it protects you. So you don't want to eliminate all your negative self-talk, but you do want to you do want to manage it a little bit better, PK. Okay. Can I stand up now? <laughs> <laughs> stand up, shoulders back, hands on your hips, chin up, dude. You got this. Okay. You got this. We'll see, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what is this, your Eeyore impression? Come on, man, you're a Tigger. You're a Tigger. Uh, maybe I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who really cares anyway? Who really cares anyway? Hey, 
PK, if you keep acting like this, you're going to be that guy that nobody wants to pick up the phone because it weighs 75 pounds when you call. Like, oh, PK's calling me. Suck. I don't have a half an hour. I haven't got a half an hour to worry about this. I think that's already there. That's why I don't even bother to call people anymore. (laughs) Why do you play this so well? Why do you play this so well? Just, I don't know. Because he's not playing. I wish somebody would play with me. All right, Riley. We'll let you go. Uh, we're going to set up a time. You're going to set up a couple meetings with PK. You might meet okay. with him once or twice a week. PK, let's go to lunch, man. We'll get we'll get your dauber up. You'll okay. be ready to go. I hope I'm hungry. The dauber. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. All right, man.